Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. But Mark chapter 4 said, The sower sows the word. These are they by the wayside, such as hear the word of God. But immediately they're offended because what? The word's sake came for offense. Affliction, persecution, care of the world, lust of other things, deceitfulness of riches, pressed against the word and choked it. That means this. They got offended for the word's sake. As soon as you get word, here comes offense. You know why people get offended when I'm talking about money? It's on design by the devil. Look, I'm smart here. This is one place don't come in this arena. I'm dangerous here. Well, I don't like the way you do it. That's because you're offended because the devil has you tricked before you even started opening your mouth. And he's got you right where he wants you in a place called nowhere. Because, see, the only reason why offense comes is for the word. And if you get offended about anything in that word, he's already got you. I'm not going to forgive. Well, guess what? You're already in trouble. I'm not going to forget and forgive. You're already in trouble. Because here's the thing. It only comes for the word's sake. See, once you get a word of God about something, guess what's coming? Offense is coming right behind it to try to take that word you got. Pressure's coming for it. The push is coming for it. It's all coming for that word. That's why you don't let go of that word. That's why you lose your feelings. You lose, you lose your ideas. You lose it all. You let it go. You do what the word says. That's why God gave you these promises. That's why we're in this series on the promises of God. Promises of God are the most important. Because, see, we're where we are, but the only way to get from where we are to where we're going is grab onto those promises that could take us there. That's why you got to be careful you don't get offended. Offend, the only thing that comes for the word is offense. Did you realize that? Offense is the only thing that comes for the word of God. He don't care if you hear. He said the minute that they heard the word was sown in their heart, immediately what? Comes offense. Affliction. Produce offense. Persecution. Produce offense. Cares of the world. What happens when people get cares of the world? This don't work. Where's God? Blah, blah, blah. They're offended. And they quit on the word. They quit on the word. Don't get offended. Don't get offended by it. Become unoffendable. That's how you do it. Put on the garment called unoffendable. You can't offend me. I won't allow you to offend me. Somebody might do something to you. Who cares? Somebody might say something to you. Don't worry about it. Now, listen, I'm not trying to belittle this. Some people have done some evil stuff to people, and I know it ain't easy, but God will give you the grace to get through it. But I ain't going to let you. I told somebody the other day, I was laughing. I said, you can't offend me. Try it. It won't work. I'm instantly going to forgive you. Why? Because I understand how important it is not to get offended by you. You cost me too much to get offended. People don't realize it. You see it? Don't get offended. So God gave us these promises, man. They're cool. Want to see these first scripture I got for you? This is so good, man. God is so good. His character. Remember this. God's character is backing every one of his promises. Just write that down. That's so good. God's character is backing every one of his promises. Did you pull that in? Man, I love being here. You ready? You got to lean on God's promises when all the trouble of life hits. Look at Joshua 2145 NLT. Man, you're going to like this scripture. You like this scripture? Somebody said, we didn't even see it yet, Pastor. It's on the screen, man. Angela's quick. She's like a ninja. She's a scripture ninja. Remember is that how you did it? What you mean something like that, cameraman? Why don't you chill out? You like Bruce Lee? Walk. Mike, Mike, you ever go? Man, Mike's bad, man. You see him? I went and kicked it Mike, with Mike. Mike almost hurt me with a bag. I had this bag and Mike was kicking it. Mike can kick. Where are you at? He's over there somewhere. Mike can kick. You got to go watch. You got it on YouTube? Is there a couple? You need to share that, man. He don't just kick. You know, you watch the good guy. He like take his leg from back here and wow. I was like. No, but you ain't kicking me, bro. <laughs> not, not a single one of all the good promises the Lord has given to the family of Israel was less unfulfilled. Everything he spoke came true. Ain't that good news? Every promise God is given will come true. It'll come to pass. So why in the world don't you got more of those promises in you? He promised they'll come to pass. 
So put them promises in your mouth. Put those promises in your eye. Put those promises in your ear. Put those promises in your heart. Put those promises around you. Why? Because the promises of God take you to a destination. They don't leave you where you're at. The promises of God, move, this is how God gave you growth. You know how God wants me and you to grow? By the promises of God. Promises of God help me and you grow spiritually. That's what he did. God is not, God is not a do and don't God. You know, this is what they, religion tries to tell you. Ooh, if you do this, God's good with you. Ooh, if you be bad, God's bad with you. No, God doesn't grow you like that. Your parents grow you like that. Earth grows you like that. Society grows you like that. Ooh, if you do good at your company, you get a promotion. Ooh, if you do this, it ain't good and bad. Here's God. Hey, here's my promise. You grab that. You want to know who car, the most carnal people in the earth are the people without the promises of God in their life. The most carnal Christian you've ever seen in your life has no promises. Without promises, we have no vision. Without vision, we have no guide rails to live life. Yeah, it's true. You want to watch this, right? If you got a promise, guess what the promise does? The promise tells me what I can say. The promises of God tell me what I can speak. The promises of God tell me what I can think. The promises of God tell me where I can hang out. The promises of God tell me who I could be with. The promise of God, because you got a promise from God, you ain't going to say nothing different than what that promise says. So the more promises you got, the more spiritually mature you become. That's how God wants you to go. It's the goodness of God that leads a man to change, repent. You got to get a promise. How many of you know you get a promise? Like right, right now, right? Like if you got a promise from God, what are you saying out of your mouth? If you really got it, you're saying only what that promise says. See it? How do you grow? You put some word in you. You see this thing? You pulling this thing? So God gave you promises to spiritually grow. My God in heaven, hallelujah. <laughs> how you going to grow? Well, how many promises you got? You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know you got a bunch of them in a the book, but yes and amen is in your heart. All the promises of God are yes and so be it. You can have it. So where's your promises? Don't tell me in the book, you got to go get them promises out of the book and put them in your heart like seeds. And once you get them in your heart, you put them in your heart and you speak them out in your mouth. You speak them out in your mouth and put them in your heart. You speak them out in your mouth, you grow what's in your heart. You speak out of your mouth, you grow what's out of your heart. Next thing you know, it starts growing, starts taking over. How many of you put some seeds in your heart and now because you put some promises of the word of God, you can't even speak like that no more. You got to get me. How many of you used to talk broke? Y'all don't talk broke no more. Come on. How many of you used to talk sick? That promise makes you change your mouth. Oh, you get me? You understand what I'm talking about? Some of you get what I'm talking about. Them promises, what do you mean? It's the promises of God. So I'm not going to say nothing contrary to the promise, so I spiritually develop myself because the promise is gone. You want to know the fastest way to spiritual growth? Put promises in you. Put promises in you. Find them in the book. Well, I mean, what, what kind of promise do I need? What kind of promise you want? You ever notice in certain areas you'll develop, you start putting those promises of God in you, man, God in heaven, your whole body will change. The Bible says you can become a divine partaker. But remember we talked about faith and patience? You got to have faith and patience to inherit the promises of God. If you ain't got faith and patience working together, you're going to get there. So ready for this? Watch this. Not a single one of all those good promises that God has given the family of Israel that's unfulfilled, everything he spoke and came true. Ain't that good news? That's what the Bible says. God, now I'm pull this in, God based his character and backed it behind every promise he gave. You ever pull that in? Did you ever pull that in? My God in heaven, you better pull that in. God's backing up every promise with his own word, his character, his rights and his ability. Write this down. The promises of God connect me to the peace of God. That's why God gave me them. The promises of God connect me to the peace of God. That's why God gave me them. 
Oh, you pull, you get that in? Look at John, look at John 14, 27. Now we, NLT, we're going somewhere, all right? So now I want you to understand something. How do I have peace in the midst of the promises of God coming to pass in my life? That's what today's about. Pastor, I got the faith, I got patience. How in the world am I going to have peace in the middle of all this stuff? Easy. We're going to stay stuck to the promises of God. The promises of God are going to keep you in the position of peace no matter what it looks like is going on in life. Because that promise will take me to a destination. That promise will take me to a place. I am leaving you with a gift. What's that? Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Come on, somebody. I got a promise from heaven, and I'm, the mo I'm on the road from the promises coming to pass. I'm going to have peace in the middle of life. Because this is what happens. We get these problems. You do not have a faith problem. Look at your neighbor. Just don't touch them. Look at your neighbor. Don't spit on Say, neighbor, neighbor, look him in the eye. Neighbor, you ain't got no faith problem. You got an abandoned problem. You know what I mean? You throw it away. I did it for three days. I did it for four months. Come on, man, you don't stick a seed in the ground and go, oh, it ain't growing. I told you what happened to them kids. Man, these kids come home, they're always bringing their, dad, I got a project. Y'all been here. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Okay, well, when's this thing due? Two days, maybe. What do we got to do? We got to grow something. What are you going to grow in two days? I'm like, what is wrong with you? So I go to Lowe's like all the other good parents. Yeah, I go to Lowe's. I got to grow something. I go in the grow section. You know, in the back over there. Okay. I, got, I got caught up, though, too. You know, you look at all those pictures on all those seed packets. I got pumped. I was like, let's grow watermelon. You know, I'm getting all into it. The kids are getting all in it. We got all this stuff, all this cool stuff, like watermelons and tomatoes and I think, I don't know, all this crazy good-looking stuff. And I, I look and I go, hey, I got, let me get somebody in the department. And the guy looks at me. He goes, sir, do you know how long it takes to grow those things? The back of the pack tells you. I said, bro, I need this thing to grow in two days, man. He said, we ain't got nothing that grows in two days. I said, man, miracle grow ain't going to make this work. So I was like, I think we got more time than that. I was like, once, so we worked out the details. And bottom line, we figured out we cannot go plant the long-lasting fruit stuff. We got to go plant like something quick that can grow, right? So I was like, all right, well, we'll get a little extended out or whatever we got to do. We'll work it out. We'll bring, in, we'll bring in the real full one so we get out of trouble, and then we'll plant one, whatever I've worked it out. So what do I think happens? I go in the back, we stick it in the ground, and, they, you know, the kids, they stick it in the ground, we water it, we leave it. What do you think they did in two hours? They want to go outside and say, let's go see if something grows. I said, are you crazy? Ain't nothing going to grow. <laughs> Next morning, y'all been here. You know what I'm saying? Y'all been here. All you parents went outside like, like a tree's going to be out there. Let's go, Dad. <laughs> That's dirt. <laughs> it's going to be dirt for about the next two weeks, bro. Don't go worry about the dirt in the ground. It's a great analogy, though. Now, as an adult, let me ask you a question. As an adult, do you expect something to be grown? You want to slap yourself now or you want me to do it? <laughs> Chris is getting nervous. He ducking because, you know, I, I touch him a lot. I touch Chris a lot. I've been touching your hair a lot. You've been saying something about it, too. It looks good. You look good, man. You got gel in it today, don't you? You gelled that joker up. I know you did. Yeah. You, but you want to slap yourself in all due respect? Only children come down there and expect something to grow overnight. Full-grown, mature, spiritual individuals know it's going to take a little time. Woo! He preaching good. Woo! That preacher preaching. Woo! You want me to do it again for all the people not paying attention? A, only a child expects to put something in the ground today and see something tomorrow. A full adult understands this is going to take some time. But I'm okay with time because I know I got a seed in the soil, and soil knows what to do with seed. Are you seeing it? You seeing it? So I didn't get none. The bottom line, the thing grew, and we were all happy about it. But why did I tell you that? Because in the middle of the thing, it took patience. Seed knew what to do. The ground knew what to do. Everything knew. You know, the moon's got a part to play in this thing, too. Sun does. The moon does. Everything does, but guess what? The earth has been designed to do it. And seed knows what to do, just like kingdom seed knows what to do inside your heart.
This promise is sure and steadfast. It's got to work. Just don't abandon it. I didn't go in there and say, oh, that's it. Go in there in a week with a shovel, dig it up and throw it against the wall and go, this don't work. Guess what? It got stormy while the seed was in the ground, but I said, you know what? It's got to work. It's going to get a little rough. It's going to, just leave it in the ground. Don't touch it. Leave it there. Don't mess with it. Here's the problem, Pastor. I got seed in the ground, but I don't know what to do from then to now. What do I do from then to now? You got to find peace. What do I do? See, faith and patience starts the process. Patient endurance obtains it. What do I do in the middle when I feel like giving up? You got to tap into shalom. You got to tap into peace that doesn't pass understanding to a point you can't even comprehend it. It's so far over understanding you're in another world. God promises to give you peace. Here's my thing, number one, write this down. Why do I lose the ability to have peace in the promises of God? Why do I lose ability sometimes? Now, listen, guys, this is a really good, this is going to be really good. And I'm being sensitive because I love you, I care about you. We're all going to go through this. I go through this. You go through this. Why do we lose peace sometimes? Why do I lose the ability to have peace while I'm pursuing the promises of God? Because sometimes the situations and the circumstances seem to be uncontrollable. I can't control it. I don't know what's going on. When situations and circumstances seem to be incontrollable in the situation where I have a promise, it's tough for me to have peace, even though I know the process is working. It's hard to keep the peace in that promise because it looks like my life is out of control right now and I don't know how to fix it. When things seem to be out of control, I sometimes lose the peace of the promise of God. It's okay. Look what the psalmist said here. It's really good. It's really strong. And I think it's going to help you and me. It says, Lord, it's Psalm 94, 16. Lord, who will protect me from these wicked ones? If you don't stand to defend me, who will? I have no one but you. I would have been killed so many times if you had not been there for me. When I screamed out, Lord, I'm doomed, your, your fiery love was stirred, and you raced to my rescue. And this is big, 19. Whenever my busy thoughts were out of control, the soothing comfort of your presence calmed me down and overwhelmed me with delight. It's obvious to all you would have had nothing to do with corrupt rulers who pass laws to empower evil and defeat what is right, for they gang up against the lovers of righteousness and condemn the innocent to death. But I want you to look at verse 19. Whenever my busy thoughts were out of control, the soothing comfort of your presence calmed me down and overwhelmed me with delight. Guys, remember this. Much of life is out of our control, but we are in control of how we respond to the situations and circumstances. That's what I got to work on. But how many of you know I got to stay in peace? Because here's this. Don't be sold on this bill of goods, right? This is the thing. If you walk with God, life's going to be easy. No way. Life was never guaranteed to be easy. God is going to keep you peaceful in the midst of some of the stuff you go through, though. Listen, when did Jesus, think about this, when did Jesus ever show up with peace? Only when the storms of life showed up right before him. When did Jesus show up with peace? when the wind was blowing so hard they couldn't see straight? When did Jesus show up with peace when they're walking on water and it's getting so stormy he don't know how he's going to get Peter to the other side? When does Jesus show up with peace when he's in the middle of the boat watching them, these guys drown, and they're saying, care is there not that we perish? When does Jesus show up with peace? Only when you're in the middle of the storm. That's what you got to remember. The only way you're going to develop this peace is you're going to have to go through some storms. 
But if you could stand in that peace, I promise you, you'll come out the other side with the note of victory, knowing this, that even though I'm hanging on to a promise, he gave me peace to get through the middle of the storms of life. Because the storms, I'm going to tell you right now, they might not be coming. They're definitely coming. The bottom line is this, is you got to be prepared for them before they get here. Because peace is not because outward circumstances are perfect. Peace is an inward revelation of who the perfect one is living inside of you. Because what do we all do? If outside life was just easy, I would be okay. If outside circumstances were not there, I would be okay. If this wouldn't happen, I, look, you got to be okay even when the wind is howling. You got to be okay even when the sea's stormy. You got to be okay even when everything looks like it's flipping upside down. You got to say, remember Jesus in the boat? This ain't no fancy boat. This ain't no motor boat. This ain't no GPS, but it's a rowboat in the middle of the ocean. Water coming over the side. How many? They no bilge pump, bilge pump, pump the water. There ain't no pump. Everybody didn't even have a bucket to get. They're drowning. Waves coming over the side. And they Jesus sleeping. Anyway, go on. I love it. Don't you care that we, what's the first thing you do the minute you hit a problem? Jesus, don't you care about me enough to make these problems go away? Don't you care about what I'm going through? Don't you care about what I'm having? Don't you care about, don't you care? What, what in the world? Right away when a storm shows up in life, we think Jesus stopped caring. He didn't bring the storm. He didn't bring the waves. He didn't bring the circumstances. He didn't bring none of this stuff. Why are you blaming God? Why am I in the middle of this? I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to love it. It's going to be great. It's the greatest truth you're ever going to hear about this. You want to know why the storm showed up? You finally got a promise. Yeah, you ain't got no promises. You ain't got no storms. But the minute you get one, baby, you better hang on. Why? Because here come the waves. Because with the promise comes the opposition to let you let go of the promise. With the promise comes the pressure to let you let go of that promise. I'm not letting go. I'm not, I'll sink with the ship, but I promise you this. That promise will be on my lips all the way down to the bottom of the ocean. I'm not leaving without that promise. I'm not, what, this ain't hype. This is how you get them to go, well, you know, I believed I received when I prayed. Yeah, well, guess what? So did everybody else. But now you got it. I got it. I know. But now guess what? Now you got to see it manifest in the earth you know what I'm saying that and if you don't stay focused on peace you're going to reject what you hear and if you don't stay because you're saying well why is this don't you get your eyes off that stuff you stay on that promise you stay connected to it that's the problem Peter what you looking at I'm looking at everything but what I'm supposed to be looking at the minute you take your eyes off of what you're supposed to be looking at your feelings will kick in and your focus will change yeah, only feeling, all your feelings are, only thing that feelings are is what you've been focused on. So if you change what people focus on, you'll change what they feel. You like that? So the problem is people say, it's too caught in my mind. Change your focus. Force yourself to focus on something different. The minute you force yourself to focus on something different, you'll change your feelings. You pulling this in? You know what I'm saying? It's like sometimes your head, your head, your head's squirrely. Everybody's head's squirrely. You got to renew it. That thing's like crazy sometimes. All things coming in there. You know, where'd this come from? You know what I'm saying? And you ain't broken. Cut it out. Some of you think you're broken. You're not broken. There's nothing broken about you. You're just living in a fallen world and you're a saved being. Yeah, see, here's the problem. Adam just really jacked it all up. He did because he gave the enemy access to reason in the life of the believer. Jesus never had this plan. God never had that plan for man. Adam's sin gave, you ever, notice, you ever wonder, why, well, how in the world does the devil just say stuff to me, but he, he, I got authority over him? Because Adam's disobedience allowed reason to come in through mankind, and that's why you can't shut the voice of the enemy off. That's why Jesus couldn't shut the voice of the enemy off besides using authority. Remember, he came to Jesus. Who in the world is this joker to come to Jesus and say, if you are the son of God? How dare you question him? Adam gave him access to question everybody. But you, you want to you you punch him in the face? This is the part I love. Knock that devil right in the face. 
You know what you do? You go in there with authority of the word of God and who you are and say, shut your mouth, punk. It's written. Slap him around. He's been trying to deal with you. Mess him up. Now, don't cuss out the devil. You know, don't go in there. I had one time. I, had one, I, I used to have some real, real champions in here, man. I had one time. I wanted to do that. I cussed him out, Pastor. I said, you cussed him out? He said, yeah, I dropped some vernacular on him he was not ready for. I said, well, he probably created that word. No big deal. Let's just get, let's get our spiritual fight right and use the word of the Lord. But he, he didn't know he was a rookie. He got in there and started cussing with the devil. I said, he gave you the cuss anyway. So don't, you know, it's, I guess it just washes out in the end. Use the name of Jesus and let's just stay in the word. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of cute though, ain't it? Say, I got so mad at him, I cussed him out. I said, did you now? <laughs> I said, well, I didn't want to tell him. He said, you want, I told him some stuff. I said, don't tell me what you said now. So things are better left not known. But here's the biggest thing of all, and I think you need to pull this in for you. Okay? You got to remember this. You're going to have to use the word of God in that promise to push against an enemy that's deceptive. But as long as you keep him in the arena of faith, he cannot pull you into the arena of reason. The promises of God, you want to write this down? The promises of God will always keep you in the arena of faith. The promises of God will always keep you connected to the arena of faith. The minute you release the promise of God, you'll be in the arena of reason. In the arena of reason, he can beat you. You're not supposed to go there. So stay in the arena of faith through the promise of God. Does that make sense? So you stay in the promise. Whatever that promise says, don't leave it. So don't let the promise go. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's a promise. When you don't think you can, don't go into reason and go, how are you going to do it? Don't worry about how I'm going to I don't got to tell you how I'm going to do it. Did Jesus tell him how I'm going to not turn bread into rocks and sticks and jump off of skis and steeples and whatever that was? No, he just said it's written. You don't need to know all the details. Once you start getting into the details with the devil, you're already in the reason. Don't go there. How your life going to work out? Shut your mouth. It's written. God's got a plan for my life. How are you going to? What's the doctor going to say? Shut your mouth. I'm the healer of the Lord. I ain't going to explain nothing to you. Shut up. Shut them up with the word. And then people say, no, Brother Norval's like that. Brother Norval will scare you, man. You start talking about the devil. Take authority over him. Take authority over him. I said, what you do with all these people you cast the devil out of? I said, I took authority over it. I said, well, how do you do it? He said, you got to use your authority. You don't talk to the enemy and answer his questions. The world's the enemy ask you how you're going to do it. It's written. Just tell them what the word says and get out. Well, how do you know you did? Because God said that's my destiny. I told you guys, and you better remember this. Decisions, decisions are up to you. Consequences are already pre-described in the word. The choices you make are already, you make the choice, but the, 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 let me tell you, the consequences have already been determined. Life is easy. You want to know what problems people have? They're making too many decisions that have already been made for them already. All you got to do is obey. You don't have to decide. Oh, my God. Young people, you better pay attention to me. All you got to do is follow instruction. That's all you got to do. You ain't got, I don't, well, I'm in love. Okay, let me see where love goes to church. Love don't go to church? Well, if you on equally yoga, you got a problem before you start. But it can work out. Yeah, try that road. That's the road called pain, destruction. Okay? How about that one? Because you're young, you know, everybody, all the young ones are in love. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Young, 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 listen to your mom and dad. What do they know? I don't even care if they're telling me the truth. They could be wrong. Guess what? If I follow instruction, I'm still blessed. As long as it's not anti-word of God. You know what I'm saying? They didn't, they, they might, I don't have it all together. They know I don't have it all together. But I told them, I said, if you follow my instructions, your life will be together. See, people don't understand. Poverty and shame will come to him who refuses instruction. You ain't breaking the law of God. People out here in the earth, people, why do the people out there in the earth have the problems? Because they don't know they're living by a rule book yet. That's already been in motion whether they know it or not. Some people go, I feel sorry for people. I feel sorry for people, too, that they don't know the truth and they can't make a choice. Those people are doomed. 
But the people that have the ability to make the choice, you better start making right choices because decisions are yours, consequences are his. <laughs> See, this is good news. <laughs> they don't know it, though. They're people like, I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. Not me. I just get up in the morning and say, which way, sir? Because I don't want it because it's the truth. I'm deciding my life. My life's already been decided. <laughs> it's easy. You sleep good at night. What, like, so you know what I mean? Like this, this is how you do it. You go like this, right? Somebody come at you and they come at you, they're mad. Well, I'm not going to get offended. So what does it say not to be offended? Forgive. I'm a forgiver. I don't even need to know how to respond. The Bible tells me how to respond to everything. Somebody shows you love and they're kind. Miss G came to see me the other week. We had a meeting. She brought me a DVD. I'm going to watch it now. I'm going to watch it. I didn't watch it yet. She brought me a DVD. She wanted to spend some time. I was like, it wasn't that nice. She blessed me. So what do I expect for her? I expect her to be blessed. Fellowship. Right? She come in. Right? I got people coming up. They mad. What you mad about? I ain't getting offended. I got, the Bible tells me how to respond. You see what I'm saying? So well, I don't know. I'm going to do what I want to do. Why are you allowing natural human reason coming into what God has already spiritually told you to do? Because you want to do it your way. Your way don't get you God's results. Do it God's way. You know what I'm saying? I don't, and some of it's hard because I don't want to respond like that, but I got to. But it's peaceful. You know, you know some people, like, they tough. You know, like, ain't nobody going to get nothing over on me. You know, they all tough. I'm tough. Kick against God. See how tough you are. He told Paul, he said, kick against the pricks. How's that working out for you? He said he was goading him. He was pressing against him. He was pushing against him. He said, how'd that work out? Out the road to Damascus. He blinded him because he was persecuting the church. You can't push against God. You know what I'm saying? So just surrender. Take the God system. You married people. You know what I mean? You married. Man, marriage, marriage is a tool that God designed to humble you. <laughs> oh, woo! I thought I was walking in love, bro. I didn't know the first thing about walking in love until I got married. What? She ain't here, but I say it to her face anyway, so I don't want them scared guys anyway. I'm bad. I'm trying, though. I'm getting better. Yeah, because, you know, I didn't have kids. Oh, my God. They, if, they, if you ain't dead by the time you get married, them kids will kill you in all due respectful way. Now you got to do it. Oh, my God. Then get a dog. You're really nuts. Oh, my God. I want a dog. <laughs> I promise I'll take care of it, liar. <laughs> no, you're all lying before we even got here. <laughs> so I basically look and go, how much more responsibility do I want? Yeah, you all feel the same thing. But you know what? The key is, what do I do when I can't control circumstances? Because they're coming. I got to hang on to promise and stay in peace. Because you want to know why? Remember this. This is why uncontrollable circumstances are coming. They're trying to take your peace. And when you get to a point when you lose your peace, you forfeit promises. I don't want, I don't, I'm so, I don't even need this anymore. I don't even care about this promise. It ain't worth it. Forget it. Don't fall in that trap. You can have peace no matter what kind of storm is coming. All you got to do is remember what? You gotta, see, here's the thing. Remember this. I said this morning. If I don't, now, you better, you got to hear me. Just hear me. I'm almost done. I'll be done in a minute. If you don't have the promise, all you have is your own ability. It's impossible to do it in your own ability, but with God's ability, you could do all things. Did you get that? So the promise gives me the ability to produce it. Do you understand that? Without the promise, I don't have the ability to produce it. So just hang on. The enemy knows that. That's why he doesn't want you to get any of these promises to come to pass. Because he knows once you get one of them going, you're going to get excited about all of them. 
And here's another one, number two, write this down. I got two more for you. We lose our ability to have peace in the promise when sometimes people become unchangeable. You know what I'm saying? Like this, you know, like Uncle Mike should have been saved by now. It's 30 years. This ding-dong still don't even get it. Or something should be changing with people. How about married people? My God in heaven, I've been praying for my spouse for 20 years. They still ain't getting this thing. Don't raise your hand. Don't smile. Right? So, you know what I'm saying? There's some stuff in here. I'm waiting for something to change with people. I'm waiting for people to change. I'm waiting for people to grow. How about when people don't change? Unchangeable people, unchangeable circumstances, unchangeable, it's out of my control kind of stuff. Like, I'm praying and you ain't getting better. You don't laugh. Y'all know what I'm talking about because you deal with a lot of people. The guy at work is still demon-possessed. Ten years later, you can't get away from it. Come on. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And what I mean by this thing here, too, is I want you to see this. Some of this, right? Unchangeable, meaning this. The quickest way to lose my cool is to try to change people. Most people are just not going to change the way you want them to, even when you know it's true. It's true. It keeps us from being peaceful. I'm losing my peace because the people around me are driving me nuts. Okay, you don't believe me? Ask Moses. He went crazy in the wilderness with these people. Smacked a rock one too many times. Why? Because people will wear you out. And you say, I don't know what you're talking about. What is he talking about? I'm talking about everybody around you is on assignment to either bring you peace or bring you agony. Hello, thank you very much. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Seasons of life are not easy because people don't change. You quit on the promise of God of salvation for some people because you don't think they're changing fast enough. You don't think things are changing. You don't see it happening. And here's one of the big things. Jesus said this. He said this. He says, and I'm not going to go there for time's sake, but he said this. He called people like that unspiritual. The unspiritual people in your life can hinder you. And they can make you quit on the promises of God if you're not careful. You want to know why? Because you're looking at their response to tell me whether that promise is working or not. And that's not where you go to look and see if it's growing. Unless you're five years old and you put a seed in the ground and you go back tomorrow morning and expect something to grow. Well, how long does some of these seeds got to stay in the ground? Maybe a long time, but they got to work. How about this one, last one, I'm going to give it to you. We lose peace in promises when problems are unexplainable. I can't explain it. I can't explain it. We know this. Life isn't fair. Things don't always turn out right, and we don't know why. We get anxious, we get nervous, and we get stressed out. This is un- why in the- I got so many unexplainable things in my life that if I looked at the unexplainable things of my life to tell me whether God's working or not, I would have quit a long time ago. But you don't look at what you don't understand. You just got to look at the promise of God. That is one of the biggest problems Christians have. I have to understand it before I'm going to stay in it. You don't have to understand it. You just got to be obedient to it. You better write that down. You better write that down. I'm going to say it again, right? We lose our peace in the promises of God when problems seem to be unexplainable. I got a promise, and it, this thing is so whacked out, this promise, I don't even know if this thing's going to work. It'll work. We know life isn't fair. Things don't always turn out right. When we don't know why, we get anxious, we get nervous, we get accepting God's peace doesn't mean you're going to live a problem-free life. I got a promise, and uh, let, me, let me break it down so you can see it, because some of you are looking at me like you still got a little, like, what is he talking about? So you get this promise. I'm going to explain this stuff, right? You get this promise for healing, right? By his stripes, you're healed. Pick a promise. How many got a promise right now about something in the Bible? Wealth, increase, prosperity, great. Got that one. Health, physical feeling, bodily, good report. Doctor gives you a better report. You got some healing stuff. Come on, right? How many got some marriage stuff, right? Better marriage, better family situation. You guys can work this thing out. You guys can have a brand new marriage with love and all that stuff. How about this? You're fighting addiction. I, I, I need to, I probably should go to rehab, but I don't know if I can overcome this thing on my own. I need help. Come on, look, look, find it. Find problem. You can be free. You can be well. You can be whole. You're going to have a clear mind. Some of you are battling mental oppression. I got to have clarity in my thoughts. I feel like I'm oppressed. I feel like I'm depressed. I got to win the battle of my mind. Okay, whatever it is, you get a promise. So what do you do? Find a promise. By your stripes, I'm healed. Great. 
Now you go to the doctor, and the doctor goes, it's worse than what it was, bro. This ain't better. Matter of fact, from the last time you came, you're 20 times worse. Oh, don't, don't sit here and think this doesn't happen. This happens all the time. What are you going to do now? Well, you know, I got options. What, you don't think that promise is still true? They're true. But your response is going to determine whether it's going to be true to you or not. Well, you know, we pray in this and that and this. It, it's, un, it's out of our control. Not out of his control. That promise, remember this. The out of control situations of my life have totally become controllable by the promises of God in my life. Because I don't really care what's out of control. I'm going to make it conform to the truth. See, that's with you. So you believe in God. Well, I got this promise, and you go find out it's worse, and emotionally you're messed up, and you're thinking, what am I doing? Stay in peace. You know, you remember when Jairus, remember when, remember when the woman issue of blood? They were going to Jairus' house. Jesus, Jairus, Jesus was walking. He showed up one day. Jairus came, and Jairus said to him, he said, hey, he said, Lord, he said, my daughter's sick. She's grievous. Messed up. Can you come and pray for her? He said, No problem. I'll come and pray for her. It's Mark chapter 5. Don't go there. All the way there on the way, as it, the woman with the issue of blood pushes through the crowd and touches Jesus and gets a miracle. But they were on, they were on the way to Jairus' house. That's the whole story. You read Mark chapter 5. They're on the way to Jairus' house because Jairus' daughter is ill. On the way to Jairus' house, the woman with the issue of blood pushes through the crowd, touches him, gets healed. Their faith is amped right now. The Bible says that the ruler of the house. The synagogue's house was Jairus' servant came and said, why do you bother bother the master? Your daughter's dead. And the Bible says that Jesus says when he heard it, he said, don't be afraid. When Jesus heard the words of the servant from the house of her being dead, he said, don't be afraid. Why? Because he knew that if he subsided to fear, Jesus couldn't do the miracle. He said, only believe. And Jairus felt his place of beliefs and stood there. Jesus went to the house and rose from the dead. What was the promise Jairus had? I'll go pray for her. She'll live. But if you let fear come in, Jesus can't even do it. Don't you be afraid, only believe. See, these things work like this. Don't let go of that promise. That's up to you. And keep peace in the midst of it. Don't you perish? Carest thou not that we perish? You ain't going to perish, man. If you were getting close to perishing, I would have woke up earlier. You ain't never heard that a day in your life. Do you get what I just said? He's sleeping in the boat. Carest thou not that we perish? If you were perishing, I would have woke up earlier. I'm right on time, baby. I got you. I got you. I just want to see what you're going to do when you don't think I'm watching. Can you hang on that promise when it don't look like I'm moving in it? Can you hang on them promises? Faith and patience get the ball rolling. Patient endurance obtains them. What do I do in the middle of them? I keep hanging on to hope as an anchor of the soul, a target of my faith. But here's the key. I got to have peace in the midst of this stuff. Why? Because I'm not moved by what I'm seeing. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm not moved by what they tell me. I'm not moved by nothing. Only by what I believe. You guys did good today. Did you pull that in? You got peace in this thing. Hey, listen. Look, 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 look. Let me let you in on a little, this is a little bonus packet. Ain't nobody in this room ever perfect at this. Just repent real quick and get back over in the peace of God. You know what I'm saying? You start freaking out. You let the circumstance kind of get, oh, my God. Chill. Take a walk, repent, come back in and say, hey, hey, it's going to be all right. You know, don't you, get, you ever get in trouble for, you ever, you ever get in trouble for trying to be a, a confident producing person around people that are not in peace? You get yelled at, right? Don't you? Like, hey, it's going to be okay. Don't you care? Don't you care that I'm dying? You know what I'm saying? 
You try to be the voice of peace in the midst of the storm, and everybody yells at you. It's going to be okay. It'll be No, it's not going to be okay. Nothing's going to work out right. You know exactly what I'm saying. You're so, you don't worry about nothing. You're so carefree. You don't care about nothing. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You try to be the voice of faith. They got you being the voice of the Antichrist. You know what I'm saying? Like, it'll be okay. Everything will be, it's not going to be okay. It's not going to be all right. The problem is just you're not. Then you get blamed for this one. Ready for this one? I'm going to show you what you get blamed for. You get, you don't take responsibility for nothing. Well, I got to be responsible. Only thing I got to do is respond to his ability. That's the only responsibility that I got, respond to his ability. It's not my responsibility to carry it in my ability. It's my responsibility to respond to his ability in this situation. Everybody else worrying, just like freaking out, not looking at it. You get, you get in trouble, bro. You, they'll be looking at you like, is he messed up? <laughs> I had to tell you that time I went on a plane and the thing went sideways and dropped. Some of you flying, any, anybody flying anytime soon? Raise your hand. All right, don't worry. It's not going to happen on your flight. Don't get nervous. I, had, I told you the story, man. My buddy this day, he called me up. I haven't talked to Scotty in six, six, six months, a year, two years. He said, remember that time? I said, sure do. I also had a Coca-Cola in my hand, and the plane started doing the weirdest things I've ever seen in my life. It went sideways, like the tail went like this, and it dropped in the air so much my hand went like this. I was here. and went, you know how they tell you put the seatbelt on? They're not kidding. Wear that thing. I never. It dropped. It fell out the sky. And when it dropped, my hand went up. I seen the pilot walking away later. It was the guy. I said, how bad was that, bro? He goes, that was about seven, bro. He goes, that was a little freaky. Yeah, I said, that was freaked me out for a minute, but I didn't get scared. I started laughing. Everybody on the plane was crying and freaking out. I started laughing. My buddy thought I was gone. He said, what is wrong with you? I said, man, safest place in the world is on this plane ride with me. (laughs) Guy in back, he was getting nervous. I started laughing. I said, this is cool. Cup went like this, cup went like this, thing went like this, that went like that. I started laughing. <laughs> Everybody freaking out, they screaming. The stuff almost came out with the bag. Things were getting weird, man. They were getting freaking out. Like, oh, my God. The guy in back of me is like turning white. And I'm like, when I got on the plane, you were Puerto Rican. Now you white is white, man. I don't know, whatever. You scared. Everybody was scared. They're freaking out. And I'm going, whoa, this is cool. And my buddy's like, what is, Scotty looking at me and goes, what is wrong with you? Are you crazy? I said, man, I got peace in the midst of the storm, baby. How you got peace in the midst of the storm? Because I know God got this plane in the palm of his hand. What you tripping out about? The pilot ain't flying this thing. See, that's how you got to think. People think you crazy, thinking like this. I went to India that one year. That was nuts. Embassy left. God told me go, I went. I got off the plane. I told him, I said, peaceful resolution will, peaceful. It'll be peace when I get there. That's what I told him. They left. They, they, they all knew I was crazy. They're like, he going on a plane. 60,000 people left. The, all the American embassy left. Everybody left. They all told me you can go, but we don't think we can get you out. We don't know. They were always fighting all the stupid stuff. But this one was serious. And I never forget. I said, God, he said, didn't I tell you in January what to do in July? I said, you did. He said, did I tell you no? I said, no, you told me go. He said, did I tell you no now? I said, no. He said, then go. It's okay. I got on a plane. I never did this before in my life. Got off the plane. And this ain't about me. This is how you develop it. I got off the plane and news crew showed up. Lights, everything. I thought I was on like, it was like, you know, TMZ. Here I am. I'm on a plane. There's nobody on the plane. They come out with lights. Sir, can we go? Can you interview? I'm like, I don't want nobody talking to me. I'm leaving, man. Get me in the car and get me out of here. I don't even know where I am. And all I knew was this. I said these words when I left. I said, when the tip of my plane hits the continent of Asia, peace has to go to that place. That's all I knew. That was my confession. Freaking out. I got to the airline. They'll tell you. Gene will tell you. Once you get there, they're like, your responsibility was like, it was British Airlines. They said, we can get you in. We don't know if we can get you out. I said, well, I don't know what I'm going to do here. I guess I'll stay for a while. I'll become a missionary. What the heck do I know? It was serious. They, 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 sent, they were ready to refund your money and not let you go. It was a big disclaimer. They, they sent the thing. I remember it. And I was like, well, they're going to refund my money. Not even. It was serious. It wasn't that big a deal. Like they were going to like bomb one another, but they could have and you get stuck. All right, whatever. 
And the only thing I remember was, this is crazy, this is nuts, but I can notice I had total peace in the midst of all this cuckoo stuff. And I said these words. I said, when the tip of the plane hits the continent of Asia, I, I am going to produce peace in this country. That's all I knew. It was going to be peace. I get up in the morning, and it was the India Times news to hang it on your door. You got two, two ways. It's in Tamil, which is Indian graffiti. You can't even read it unless you're Indian. And they got an English-speaking paper, and they know in the hotel what you are, and they put it in there. And I opened up the Indian Times because it was hanging in a basket. I thought it was kind of cute. It was in a basket, you know, on, a, on the door, in like a, a, like a knitted basket. I said, what is that? I pulled it out. I opened it up. I flip it. I start laughing. I laughed so hard. It was General Armitage or Armitage, whoever we had back then. You remember the big old, we had a big old chested general guy. He was like real tough. His picture was on the front. India, Pakistan, peaceful resolution in sight. I said, look at my God go. I'm serious. It said that right on the headlines. I said, didn't I say peace was going to come here? I got excited. Did a little hop skip down the hallway. This ain't about me. This is about you. Sometimes in life, you ever hear this stupid terminology? You follow peace, brother. The will of the Lord is paved in peace. Shut your mouth. If the will of the Lord is paved in peace, I'm so far outside of the will of God right now, I might be lost. Ain't no bumpy pot. They should have said, follow the bumpy pothole detour, jacked up, fell in a ditch, got out, got a flat, got a spare, jacked your car up, fell out, fell over, flipped out, went wild, was crazy, went wacky, got institutionalized, got out of the institution, is back and better than ever, wrote, then guess what? You're right where you need to be in the will of God? Then guess what, baby? We're closer to Jesus than we ever been. Peace, peace, are you out of your mind? I got to produce peace in the middle of going after those promises. I'm going to say something. You ain't never heard this a day in your life. It is not God's responsibility to produce the peace in my life following his promises. It's my responsibility to lean on him and tap into the peace while I'm following him to the promises. He never promised you a peaceful road. He promised you a promise-filled road. You got to tap into peace and speak to storms. You got to tap into peace and speak to the wind. You got to tap into peace and speak to that addiction. You got to tap into peace and speak to that busted-up marriage. You got to tap into peace and speak to that situation financially, your body, your mind, whatever's going on. You got to tap into peace and speak to it. That was funny. Jesus told the storm... Be still. Peace is a force. Don't go in your marriage and say, peace. What in the world? You haven't heard that before a day in your life. I'm aware. What am I supposed to speak? Peace. How about in your financial turmoil? Peace. How about that? Peace in your mind. Peace in your house. I got so much sick going. Peace. Be still. Quiet some noise of life. And let the authority on the inside change everything going on on the outside. Come on, you're doing great. Stand on your feet. Come on, put your hands together. You did good today. That ain't easy. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Oh, it's easy. Uh, Peace is a fruit, and it's a pain to develop. It's the truth. But if you develop it, you'll be stronger for it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.